Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Won't back down. Kyle Shanahan indicated in a remark to CBS following that Super Bowl that he didn't know the new overtime rules, which calls into question his decision to take the ball first in overtime. Here's exactly what Shanahan said to CBS after that game. Love to score a touchdown there at the end. Not get Pat another chance. Had our opportunity to get him off the field on fourth down. We didn't. Um, Pat's done that a bunch. Uh, he does it almost all the time. So uh, it was a hard battle, hard, hard fought game. Um, went a lot like we thought it would go. Had our chances there and didn't get it done. Also, several of Kyle's players said they weren't aware of the rules. So, Keyshawn, do you believe Kyle didn't know the overtime rules? And if he didn't, how bad a look is this for Kyle Shanahan? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because... You were skeptical yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was skeptical yes. yesterday. But it wasn't about Kyle not knowing, but now it's about Kyle not knowing. Mm -hmm. I was skeptical about his communication with his players that they would get every attention to detail available to them in situational football, you name it. They're supposed, they're supposed to know everything like a coach. When you're on the field, you're supposed to know everything. I'm supposed to think like you, Skip, period. Every single coach that I ever played for, I can think the next move what they think it, because it's been buried in my head on a consistent basis. That's why people always say, well, you think just like Belichick, you think just like Parcells, you think just like Dungey, because it's been drilled in because me so do. much. <laughs> well, I, I probably do, but it's been drilled in me yeah. so much yeah. to a point where I can't forget. Now, if he did not know, the overtime rules as a head coach, as the CEO of the football team, especially in the Super Bowl, I'm not saying fire him. That's a fireable offense, though. Mm. How could you not, as the head coach mm -hmm. of a Super Bowl team, not know the rules? Because Andy Reid, all his players say, hey, man, we go over this all the time. We go over this all the time. So that tells me mm -hmm. that Andy Reid is telling his players yep. – Constantly, this is the deal. This is the deal. Now, here's what I would say. If you listen to the clip again, yeah. it sounded like he was kind of just talking and because he caught himself when he was like, well, you we know. Had a chance on fourth and one. Yeah, we had yeah. a chance on fourth and one. So, okay, so I'm going to try to give him the benefit of the doubt because right. I, I, I would hope that, come on, man, I would hope that he knows the rules. Okay, so the money line before you go was – 
I mean, love to score a touchdown there at the end yeah. and not give Pat another chance. Yeah. Okay, right. that's the line in question. Okay. What, 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 what I would, I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt. One of the smartest coaches in the National Football League. I would say I've never practiced overtime rules. I, and I've also never not ha had a problem with understanding them because it's simple rules. They just changed it in 2022 after Mahomes and Josh Allen. That was a big deal. It's the storyline of, <clears throat> of the summer. Competition committee went in, changed the rule, but changed it only for the playoffs. So it's only changed for the playoffs. But again, it's a simple rule. It's not a hard rule. It's not something where you're like, oh man, this is like, like it's not like a, an obscure, obscure rule like the, the free kick rule. Like if you fair catch the football, you get a free kick and you can, if it goes through the uprights, it's three points. Like I wouldn't know that rule. And if I saw it, I'd be like, what, what just happened? But this for the players, for the players to say, I don't know the rule, it needs to be veteran players, that's hard. That's tough for me to believe because I don't... I don't they said it, though, Richard. I know, I know. But I'm saying that's, that's not on the coach. Like, if I'm in football and I'm telling you I don't know the rules to the game and I've been in the game 10 years, 11 years, and I'm telling you, <clears throat> hey, I don't really know how that goes, that's on you. That's on a player because you've been in this game too dang long for you to sit here and tell me, I don't know the rules to the game I'm playing that I love so much. And the first time I learned about it, they literally have a rules meeting beginning of every year in training camp where they explain all the rules, any new rules that have just changed, and any reminders yeah. for new rules that have been tweaked. You know, hey, we got a point of emphasis. It's going to be horse collar or it's going to be pass interference or it's going to be, be holding on the offensive line. Those are going to be our points of emphasis this preseason. Hey, the playoff rule is changing for overtime. It's going to change in this way. Each team, if you score, if the first team scores seven, then the other team gets a chance to score a touchdown. Yeah. That rule is changing this year. They are clear and concise, and they explain to every single team. And throughout the year, they send reminders. And they send reminders. And so for me to hear that from veteran players is, is concerning because, like, that's, like, that's on you. That's on you. Like, and, and, and people saying... I like is, Kyle, too. I like Kyle, too. But, but, but I'm, 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 I, look, if, if, what's on Kyle is on Kyle. But I'm not going to sit here and say an 11-year vet not knowing an overtime rule is on Kyle Shanahan. I've never practiced an overtime rule. I, know, I knew the rules. I never, we never practiced it. We never went over the scenario. Hey, if we go into overtime, it's this. When we, well, we went rules overtime, a lot. It, it, it was, it was based. This rule's been in place two years. Right. Our rule is simple. We get the football first, kick it, go down, we win, it's over. No, that was, no, that was it basically, wasn't. No, it wasn't. You, you kick mean? a field goal, it wasn't over any time. You kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance to respond. No, you I'm, saying, score a I'm saying when you, when you were day. playing. When I was playing, that wasn't yeah, the but, but they changed it. But when I was playing in overtime, you get it, you score, you go home. You score then they changed it. No, you kick a field goal, too. It, it, you kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance to respond. It's been that way for a very long time. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying this rule is nothing new. Now, if them kicking a field goal, that rule is the same as the old rule. They kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance to respond. If they score a touchdown, the other team doesn't. That was the yes, rule. but this is the third time the rule's been changed. No, it, no it, the second time it's been changed, actually. Yeah. Second time it's been changed, Richard. When I first came into the league, you kick a field goal, you go home. Whoever scores, it's over. Game over. Then they changed it later on in our career to what you're saying, get an opportunity to go back and forward. Donovan McNabb, back, I don't know how long ago it was, he didn't know the overtime. I remember. Remember? Yeah. He didn't know. Right. So yeah. my whole point about this is, 
just because they tell you at the start of the season all the rules when they come in and sit down, that's 25 weeks ago. Them dudes done been through a lot. All I'm saying from a Kyle Shanahan standpoint is it, it would be nice to go over some things from a situational standpoint like a lot of my coaches did. Hey, if this happens, down, down, down. You catch the football, down. They're going to stop the clock. We can hurry up, field goal, boom. What's Opposed your Belichick to, story when he was the coordinator and you're, you're playing the, the pre Jacksonville Jaguars. No. I'm in the one-minute defense. Yeah. We probably went over. It's man, like we the Hail going, Mary defense. We was going yeah. over plays when Coach Coughlin was at Boston College. Mm. <laughs> Seriously. He had me in there, and they number three formations they can run. And I'm like, Bill, they only going to run. And he didn't care. Right. We was sitting there breaking it down. If he's two yards outside here, here's what's going to happen. I'm like, I wanted him get an interception because of it, but it's attention to detail is all I'm saying. Right, and that's, <clears throat> that's perfectly fine. I, I have more of a problem with the players saying they don't know the rules, but then people saying, well, is that, like him taking the ball was a mistake. That defense had been on the field all day. They had just dealt with an 11-play drive. 11-play drive minutes ago, moments ago. I, if I'm a coach, I'm saying, hey, I got to give them some legs. I got to give them a break and let them get their legs back so they'll have the best chance to be competitive, to get a stop. And then I'm going to give my offense a chance to get back on the field, get in rhythm. Which is all great, but Kyle should have said that after the game in his explanation right. for why he did not defer. Right. Right? Okay. I don't know Kyle, but I definitely know his daddy. Mm -hmm. And his father, Mike, is involved in preparation for games, goes over a lot of tape for him, has a lot of suggestions for him. And back in his day, Mike Shanahan left no stone unturned. He was as shrewd an operator as ever came down the NFL pike. When you have two weeks to prepare for a Super Bowl, it's incomprehensible to me that Kyle Shanahan wouldn't carefully go over strategy, overtime strategy. There's nothing you can practice about. This is a coaching point. Yeah. <laughs> this is all what, what are we as a staff going to do in case of X, Y, or Z mm -hmm. in overtime? Mm -hmm. And to me, to, if I can first step back from it, I got no problem with taking the football in overtime because this is just me. I don't care what the analytics say. If, if you take the football and you go right down the field and score it and, and you're up seven in overtime, I'll take that every freaking time. Right. Like, I, I don't care about, oh, well, then they know what they have to do. Yeah, yeah, you just took the ball right down their throat. They know they have to match your seven, right. and that's hard to do in overtime of a Super Bowl. So I would have liked to seen Patrick have to match seven because he might not have been able to. Right. It's a whole different dynamic. So I'm, I'm cool with that. But Andy did not help Kyle's case after the game, Andy Reid, because he didn't mean to, but he kind of, between the lines, indicted him because he said, look, Kyle's brilliant, but our analytics told us that we defer if we win the toss in overtime. Okay, <laughs> so he's saying, whoa, wait a second, what are Kyle's analytics telling him? Well, I assume all the NFL analytics would say, Defer, but how because, could but, but Skip? How yeah. could anybody's analytics say anything because it's never happened before? <laughs> I right. don't know. It so, just be from overtimes during the regular season, right. whatever. It, yeah, know, but those this is a Super Bowl, so I would yeah. think that the analytics would be different for the Super Bowl I don't versus the regular season or a regular playoff right. game. I, I, I don't like analytics because it's not putting into factoring in. Patrick Mahomes is in rhythm right now. Patrick Mahomes just had a. Third, what, 11-play drive, mm -hmm. yeah. coming off fourth quarter. You putting him right back on the field, hey, go drive down again. I know your yeah. offense has a rhythm. 
you have a cadence, you're in. Yeah, a, but if a you good, stop him, though, yeah. and he gets three, it, you already know I got to get seven or I got to get three to right. tie it. But it, more than likely, you're not stopping. More than likely, a quarterback in a rhythm like he was, getting out of the fourth quarter, your defense is dead tired, your D-line is dead tired, your D-line has been hot the whole day, is dead tired, they're exhausted, so they're not going to be putting pressure on them like they have the whole game. These yep. linebackers aren't going to be flying around like they have the whole game. So you're, you're, you're not going to have the advantage that people think. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I understand that. Yeah. But people saying, oh, well, you know, if they would have went down and scored and they were really close to doing it, if they don't leave Chris Jones unblocked, then they go down and score and people are sitting there like, Great decision, taking the ball, like win no, against No the question about it. But throughout the course of the game and throughout the course of other games, Kyle Shanahan's decision-making has always been in question. I don't care how smart he is, how great of an in-game coach and design plays, that has always been a question mm-hmm. on his in-game decisions. Because if it was Mike McCarthy... Oh, Lord. See? All I said was Mike McCarthy, and his eyes almost got stuck in the back of his head. He would have been fired. He'd be gone. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, he didn't use the red flag, or he didn't call a timeout. He went to the locker room with timeouts. You got to have the same for everybody, man. I would say that if if they just got went on that first drive and got stopped at at the 50, punted it, he drove down the field and scored, and you're like, why don't they take the ball first? They drove down right down the field. But let me ask you this question. Could it be? Mm Mm-hmm. That maybe some things didn't, maybe some things that went on at the, in that overtime didn't get communicated to the offensive line a certain way. Could it be that? Maybe it ain't just the, the kid, overtime the, rule. Maybe the kid, the kid who's not the starter, yeah, Spencer Buford, yeah. said on his, on his social media that he just made a mistake. He should have fanned out. Chris Jones and mm-hmm. left the backer free. Okay. So it was just a brain fart on his part. Okay. That's simple. But could it be some things <laughs> along the way throughout the course of the game that maybe Kyle wasn't communicating to his team? You know, uh, you you gotta you gotta look at everything. It ain't just one thing that cost them this game. hundred percent. It ain't just that one thing in overtime. I'm, I'm just saying in overtime with the we're, we're talking about this decision making. That was the factor that probably ended that drive and made it three instead of seven because there were two wide-open guys. There was Brandon Ayuk in the back of the end zone, and there was right there Juwan Jennings right to his right. Yeah, if he, he, he for sure could have hit Jennings. And yeah. so, By the way, to your point, they had driven 66 yards in 13 plays. That's a lot of plays, and they got it all the way to third and four at the nine. So you still even have a chance to make another first down. First down. And I don't know if Chris Jones lined up wider than he usually lines up. He may have because he's more DT, you know, defensive tackle. Right, but, yeah. but he lined up a little wider, and I think it threw them a loop. Like they they weren't that they, they lost assignment. They right. somehow. But that's why nobody blocked Spencer him. Buford wasn't the starter. Feliciano yeah. was the starter. He got hurt earlier in the game, so Spencer Buford had to play more plays, and he makes a mistake on the play. And, and, and it's fine. We can, we can say Kyle Shanahan made a mistake. He didn't know the overtime rules. But you take that away, it's a touchdown pass, and we're, we're going a different direction with it. Give Andy Reid credit for preparing his team. I'm, I guarantee you this, Kyle Shanahan will go over the overtime rules now. You know what well, now? I'm just saying, Eric Ormstead and, and Kyle Juszczyk said they didn't know. But that's, but that's more like if these are rookies, you, you're right. But these are vet players. Veteran veterans. I get it, but yeah. they say they didn't know. Yeah. So that says more about them than, than, than Kyle, I'm telling you. So, Richard, as much as you love Kyle, as Keyshawn drove home the point yesterday, 
The fact remains, he's now had three Super Bowls in which, as a coordinator and twice as a head coach, he had double-digit leads and could not hold them. For what, for whatever reasons, maybe not all his fault, maybe a little, maybe a lot his fault. You can break it down any way you want to. Mm-hmm. But those facts remain, and now there's some hazy sort of skepticism about, wait a second, did you or didn't you know exactly why you were taking the football or not taking the football to start the overtime? And because of that, that's going to hang over his head yes. going forward. Yes, and absolutely. if they ever get back to one of these again, it will It'll be, be the think, think about it, though, and, and I, can, I don't want to keep talking about it, but labor the point. But even Chris Jones said, we've talked about this for two weeks. We've talked about overtime rules for two weeks. Right. That's what he said. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm, and I'm he's a you. veteran player. I'm with you. That's all I'm saying. Which, which, which is fine. But I'm saying. I'm saying this. I'm saying this. As a veteran guy, if I'm telling you I don't know the rules and I've been in this league 11 years, 10 years, I would put that on me. But, but, but if your coach, if captain but if your coach, if your coach came to you two weeks before the Super Bowl and continued to tell you, whatever this, 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 if you do this, 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 and come back the next day, this, 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 this. it's in your head, drilled in your head now. But Keith, so you already know what your coach is going to do Keith, based on when you get the football or not get the football. Keith, if, even if you don't go over it, you know situational football good enough Hey, this is what we should do in this situation. This is what this yeah. is what I would do. I'm in this league. You're almost a coach that late in your career. In 10, 11, 12 years, you're you're pretty much you coach. Are. You're a coach on the field. So you're sitting there like, hey, this is this is man, they in the red zone. But what happens these are the in things this, that they do in these scenarios? But what happens in this situation, though, Skip and Rich, is the fact that the players are saying that they did not know makes everybody believe Kyle didn't know. Right. I'm saying where Andy Reid's players are saying, yeah. well, we knew, which then says Andy Reid knew. That's <laughs> right. That's I'm what not, it's boiling down to. I'm not arguing that. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm saying we this conversation would be really irrelevant with a block there. And I'm saying, like, I hear what you guys are saying. Fair point. Fair point. I'm 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 90 percent sure Kyle Shanahan knows the rules. I'm probably I'm probably 95 percent sure. If he doesn't, then then right. I got a lot of questions about this league and about coaches. I think he, he's I think one he, of the smartest coaches. In I think he knew. Now, if you ask me, did he tell his team? No, I, I would probably say no. I don't think he told his team. I don't, I don't think, think he explained to them the night before or anything like that. I don't think so. Either. All right, back to your final point. The great thing about the game you guys played at the highest level, what coaches have told me for 50 years, is. Every football game, you can boil down to two or three plays. And this one, for sure, boils down to one play and one missed block in which if the backup lineman just gets in Chris Jones's way, you, you, can either, you, you can almost swift on him. But if you'll just get in his way and give Brock Purdy a second and a half more, just a second and a half, uh, he's capable of finding one of those two and we might be having a different conversation. Right. right? He's, he's literally looking at Jawan Jennings. Yeah. If you give him a second, it, it, I don't know if he sidearms side it, yeah. whatever he does, but it comes down to that play. And you don't want to blame the player and say, man, he's a terrible player. He made a mistake. He'll, he'll be better. He'll learn from it. He'll improve. But too late. It, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he'll regret he, him. He said he made the mistake. Right. 
We could have just blamed it on Kyle. <laughs> right. We were blaming the right tackle. I was blaming the right tackle. Yeah, we could have blamed somebody. <clears throat> but I respect him for doing that because he, he said, hey, it's not on Colton McKivitz. This is on me. I should have fanned out. That takes a bigger man. I respect He'll that. be cleaning out his locker. <laughs> Maybe. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right. Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me. Or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. The Dallas Cowboys finally, officially hired Mike Zimmer as defensive coordinator after an Adam Schefter report that the Cowboys did, in fact, reopen talks with Rex Ryan over the weekend. So, Keyshawn, what just happened here? And did Dallas ultimately wind up with the right guy for the job? Well, that was negotiating, obviously, and, and Rex was still in play until they finished it up with him. But I like to pat myself on the back from a couple weeks ago, though. Okay, did because you I, that? I said that they're they're gonna they need to talk to Zim, like and that. and uh, I think they picked the right guy. Mm. I think they got the right guy. Rex would have been great too, Skip. But I think in this situation, given the fact that Zim spent 12 years on the sidelines in Dallas, he did okay, defensive back coach couple years under Dave Campo, and I was like, Campo was the head coach of the Cowboys? He was. Can you believe it? I, I, that was so long ago. God, those were bad years. <laughs> and then he spent four with Bill Parcells. So there's some familiarity there. He understands he the way. He coordinated for He Parcells, coordinated yeah. for us. And there's familiarity. He understands Jerry. Jerry understands him. He knows the city. Like, he just knows what being a Cowboy is all about. So it works perfect. You got a great offense. Now you got to put your defense together. If you hire Rex Ryan, you're, you're putting, you're becoming aggressive. Gaping cavities and holes wide open in the secondary if the blitz doesn't come. No, all those <laughs> we, sort of we, things. We had that last year, whether we blitzed or not, but go ahead. But, but <laughs> you now have a coach who is not as aggressive, but it could be aggressive at times, who's coordinated pretty good defenses. Right. In, in Cincinnati as well as Minnesota. He did. He's not far removed from coaching. You know, he's just a head coach a couple years ago. So he's still 
fresh. And as he, you kept saying, he was hovering around Dion's program all year in college. Exactly. And yeah. on top of that, you know how we always talked about Dan Quinn waiting to be the next guy? Well, I wouldn't run away from Zim waiting to be the next guy if it don't go well what, with Mike McCarthy either. What, what I would say, I mean, yeah, he, he has been a, a really solid head coach. Minnesota was really yeah. competitive for a number of years, always had great players, discipline, sound scheme. But I thought, I, I thought near the end for Zimmer, teams found answers for, for his scheme. That, that's why in 2020, they were 29th in points allowed, 27th in yards allowed. 2021, they were 24th in points allowed, 30th in yards allowed, mm. because the league is cyclical. And he did a great job early on. If you look at 2019, they were fifth in points allowed mm. and 14th in yards allowed. They figure things out. Right now, it's, it's teams running too high. Hey, keep a cap on the defense. We don't want Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and, and, and Joe Burrow bombing everybody. We want to make them walk the ball down the field yep. and game manage. I think it's going to evolve back to cover three and, and guys going back, dropping a safety in the box, not letting people run the ball as successfully as they have. But... I hope that he, he adjusts with the times. And I think that might be a reason they didn't, they didn't hire Rex. Rex hasn't been in the game in a long time. And this scheme is very pressure-centric. It's, it's very he – might, he might drop a D-tackle into the deep third and blitz everybody else. You know, he, he, he does a lot of unconventional things. And I think Zimmer runs a very sound scheme, a scheme you can explain, a scheme that has answers for just about everything. You know, it may not be as sound against the run as Irv said yesterday. And rarely are they top 10 and, and run defense, but he's usually right there in points. Usually right there. And I think it's going to be sound. They're going to be good in the red zone. They're going to keep points off the board, even if they give up some leaky yards at times. So I think it could be a good fit, but it's just such a hard situation to walk into because expectations are so high. Mm. And if you're not meeting them, Key, right mm. now, everybody go. Well, of course. I mean, it, but when you talk about his, the end in Minnesota, he didn't have any players. Remember, Anthony Barr and those guys, they got to the end. Right. But when those guys was good, when they could play, mm -hmm. they was on, on point. But then at the end, they just didn't have nobody on defense. Mm -hmm. It's fair. Uh, they got some people in Dallas. They got some people in Dallas. I saw Dion Saturday in Vegas. He raves about Mike Zimmer. Believes in him. Played for him at one point in Dallas. <clears throat> Even said, boy, I, maybe I should have hired him at Colorado. And I think they had some talks about it. But for me, just to, I'm, I'm speaking as a fan, Mike Zimmer, as sound as he is, and that's the operative word, he is as sound as it gets. He's not exciting to me. He's not charismatic to me. He has no sexy Rexy in him. He has no, it, it's, it's meat and potatoes. It might be filet mignon and Yukon gold potatoes, but it's meat and potatoes. And to me, and I know him, I covered him when he was the DB coach, he can be just as dull as a Tuesday night. Oh, no question. Right? All business. Yeah, all business. Yeah, no smile. And this locker room still lacks a fire starter, an igniter, an emotional leadership type personality that I thought Dan Quinn was at times. And yet Dan Quinn's defense, the last time I saw it, gave up not 48 because the final score was 48, but Dak got picked six. So it gave up 41 points to Green Bay in a wild card home playoff game in which they were favored by seven and a half points against the youngest team in the NFL. Well, that's not a great sell for Washington, I thought, or for maybe that's why Seattle said, I don't know. And yet you 
you would have liked Dan Quinn yeah, to go back to would, Seattle. And obviously it. you played for him. But Dan Quinn would put his hat on backwards and he had a motion to him. He had he had popped to his personality that I, I liked and I'm going to miss <clears> that. And now we don't have any of that on any front because Mike McCarthy is a bump on a sideline log. And Dak has charisma about him. He's, he's a great guy and I think he's well-liked. But, but there's something, he doesn't have a... An, like a fire-starting leadership intangible to right. him in the locker room. He's, he's not one who can say the right thing at the right time to lift up the whole locker room into a, a frenzy. I don't know who did that for your I, Legion of Boom teams. It was a number Cam, of people. Yeah, was was Cam, Cam, Mike Bennett sometimes. Yeah. You, you, you got uh, a lot of times Cam, Bobby at times. And you. Right. And, yeah, I would I'll yeah. do my fair share. But I, I, I think I agree with you. I just wonder what they're going to do with the staff because if you keep Al, Al – is going to be a great mo- yeah. motivator. But I think you have to elevate his role. And I'm surprised. He, he was the assistant DB coach, and, and Michael Irvin would come in every Monday just raving about the job that he did with the secondary. Go ahead. Right, because it, it, it's no coincidence that since he's gotten there, you've yeah. seen double-digit picks. You've seen the interception for touchdown a record be broken. Record. You saw you see all the success from these DBs. You do. And I think he deserves a bigger role in this defense, and I thought they would elevate him, maybe not to D.C., but to, to, to assistant like D.C., where he would have more impact. Like maybe if Zim's in the, in the box, then yep. he's going on the sideline managing because I do think he can be an emotional leader. I think he got, has a lot of respect in that locker room. But I'm, I'm with you because you talk about all these games where you look like the team comes out flat. Flat. And you're like, yeah. They're just not motivated, and he's not a motivator. And yeah. maybe Dan Quinn is the one motivating him at times, and I just don't see anybody motivating well, Zim, Zim just speaks differently, though. He's a, he, like you said, meat potato. He's all football, all business. But inside that locker room, he will be a certain way. Yeah, I can he, promise you that. He's intense. Yeah, I he's very that. intense. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have a problem. If you blow a coverage, come on over here with me. Right. Where some coaches, I would say he coaches – Somewhat like fear, where guys can play for, play knowing if I make a mistake, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Opposed to a rah-rah coach. Yeah, that's which, true. Which, yeah. I mean, I think that'll be fine. But okay. I, I, think, I think to Micah Parsons on his podcast point, you just, this generation just doesn't do well with that. They don't do well getting coached under those circumstances, getting coached with fear or, or a stern hand or, yeah. or a, a dictatorship. You've said this many you know, times, yeah. It, it just doesn't go well. That's why a lot of these coaches have adjusted, and they're like, hey, you know, kind of go with the flow. Give, yeah. give some, take some. You know, communicate. To, to Travis Kelsey's point, if that ever happened to Bill Belichick, or you, you never even think about it happening to Bill Belichick because it was such a stern way he ran his team, such you knew if I ever did that, I probably wouldn't make it on the bus home. Yeah. Like, you'd be gone before halftime. And so it's just, can he adjust to this new day and age of players not being able to be coached by fear? You tell a guy, you might crash him for the whole game. If you say, you make a mistake, I'm snatching you. And a guy goes out there, he's going to make six mistakes because <laughs> he's so worried about his job. And these guys just have been mentally fragile yeah. a lot of times. All right, back to Rex Ryan. There's something about Rex that brings energy and intrigue to every situation he steps into because he's great with the media. He right now is the media. He is a quote machine. He's exciting to play for because he's edgy in his approach, 
but he's very good at what he does. Right. He really can coach hardcore defense because his father was as good as it got. And his twin brother, who I know very well, much better than I know Rex, was very good. I know he had some bad days in Dallas, but, <laughs> but he's been around for a long time. They know defense. Your friend and mine, Dennis Thurman, coached right under Rex for many years, and I've talked to Dennis at length about Rex. They did some numbers on Tom Brady back in the day. They oh, yeah. did. They made it hard on him because they would take Wex, uh, Wes Welker away from him and just like, oh, he's lost. Right. And I, once I got excited about that over the weekend, I, I wanted it to happen because Rex was campaigning on live TV on ESPN for this job saying they're – there are Super Bowl ingredients there, and I think I could be a little bit of an upgrade. He's, he's putting it out there, obviously, over Dan Quinn. And that's a mouthful because Dan Quinn's really good at what he did. But Rex is saying, I think I could be a little bit of an upgrade, and I want to be back on that stage because that's it's a big Look, stage. Look, if they had hired Rex, I'd have been jumping yeah. on the table. Yeah. Just like so would it's I. him. It's, it's, yeah. It would have been a great hire. But this is not a Mike McCarthy hire. Right. This is a Jerry Jones, no Stephen Jones hire. Yeah. Because as I always try to tell y'all, familiarity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, they know I, I what know they him. Got. I know they what this do. is. Yeah. I don't necessarily know Rex. I coach his brother worked for me, but I, it wasn't a great experience. Not successful. So That's you, you just you got to think like they think. And yeah. I think I, I think Rex has done a great job in 2009. He had the number one defense in the land. Points in yards. They had a great defense. That was the year Arevis had his best year. He did. Um, they, I think they went to the AFC Championship game. The next year, they were sixth in points allowed, third. But it, it's been over a decade since, since he's had those kind of rankings. And you, we, we go outside of scheme because I think scheme, he does a great job. He puts it more on him than the players. He says, hey, I'm going to call the blitz that gets you home instead of, hey, I need you to beat this guy one-on-one. I'm going to call this play to get this stopped instead yeah. of I need you to be a smart player and, and diagnose it and understand this. I'm going to put it on me, which is fine. But then I think personality. Yeah. I think Jerry's like, I'm not going to be outshined. <laughs> if I'm being honest, Keith, no, I'm not going right. to be outshined <clears throat> because Rex Ryan is fun to hear. He's fun to, to interview. Could you imagine him after a huge win or a huge loss? Either way, you're going to hear, be like, what's Rex got to say after this game? <laughs> and I think right now, you hear the Cowboys, you're like, what does Jerry have to say after this game? What is Jerry going to say? What, what is Jerry going to do after yeah. this game? Who is he going to put this on? How is he going to respond? And that will change. Yeah, Rex more than Zimmer to me would be a threat to Mike McCarthy as the next head coach. But to your point, the bigger threat would be to Jerry Jones, and nobody's going to be a threat to Jerry Jones. So it's Mike Zimmer. That's what just happened. Yeah, well, right? I mean, you got to live with it, not me. <sighs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> we will talk about it. Unfortunately. No mercy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I was fascinated and not surprised yesterday when our Michael Irvin, Hall of Famer, said his eyes tell him Patrick Mahomes is already better than Tom Brady. 
Michael's biggest point was that Mahomes clearly is a much better athlete than Brady, and I've heard a similar sentiment from several Hall of Famers over the last four or five years. So here's my theory. Many Hall of Famers have had a difficult time accepting that a Tom Brady widely viewed as so unathletic, no running ability at all to speak of, <laughs> is also widely viewed as the greatest football player ever. It's like they see Brady, excuse me, Brady is having played some game within the violent Warriors game of football as if he just doesn't really count as a genuine hardcore football player. At least Mahomes gets his pants dirty with an occasional called run or scramble or great escape leading to a spectacular completion. At least that's the way it always comes across to me. But Keyshawn, have you ever sensed any resentment among ex-players of an unathletic Brady being called the greatest football player ever? I, I can't say that I have, but he's not the greatest football player ever. He might be the greatest quarterback. Mm. Okay, that's an interesting but, distinction. But he's not the greatest football. I can speak to legendary people. I can speak to Tom Jackson, who I worked with at ESPN for a long time. Mm -hmm. Tom Jackson told me Jim Brown was the greatest ever, ever. I put on a, a I'm a old enough show to have that. seen him, and he was untackleable. Okay. Yes. I, I didn't yeah. see him. I mean, yeah. obviously, I've met him. I know yeah. him. I've done things so with do him. I. Yeah. Looks different than Brady. Right. <laughs> yep. yeah, all right. I mean, he just... Looks different than Brady. And when you talk about the greatest football player ever, mm -hmm. I can only speak to the greatest football player that I've ever played with, and that's Derrick Brooks. Ever played with. Love it. He's the greatest football player I've ever played with. He's also one of the greatest men you've ever yes, known. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So when you start talking about the greatest football players, I mean, where does Lawrence Taylor fit in this right. at? Right? Where does Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice Dion. fit in? Dion. So when you're talking about football players, that you start thinking like that, it's like, okay, yeah, Brady orchestrated comebacks and touchdowns and wins, but Brady couldn't couldn't move from me to you. Okay, that's I mean, the that's point. Just, he, yep, he there you go. He couldn't move yep. from me to you. Mm -hmm. So when you, you know, does that disqualify him? Right. Probably. Right. As the greatest football player ever, yeah. I would say that that disqualifies him. Right. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know about football player. You know, I, I, I've never heard any resentment because I don't think we don't – I don't hear it spoken about like that because we talk about it as a quarterback. And, and, yeah, and it's a quarterback. clearly he's the, the greatest quarterback. And so being athletic as a quarterback used to be almost frowned upon, you know, almost frowned upon. And it was only black quarterbacks that were seen that way. It was, yeah. it was Vic. It's, it's Cam. It's – it was Warren Moon. It was it was cold pepper. Warren Moon had to go Donovan. to the CFL. Right, he had to go to the CFL. It, it wasn't looked at as a great thing where they were like, man, we want these athletic quarterbacks. It was almost like, yeah, I mean, if you got one, cool. But like what the prototype was, was a white pocket passer. Pocket passer. I mean, that's what it was. That's what it was. You look up and down the hall. No, I'm just laughing. For, for the first 50 years of the league. I yep. call them sub-zero refrigerators. Right. They're not moving. They're not moving they're, at they're all. Not moving. It's, it's hard to move them. It's hard to move them. It, you, you, got, you got Marino, Montana. You, got, you can go up and down. Well, Montana can move around a little bit. A little bit. But, yeah. but, but, and but, may I please, Roger Staubach could move around a lot. Uh, go, go ahead. There are, there are exceptions. What's that? Wasn't, wasn't born. Wasn't I know. Born. Wasn't born. Okay. But, but I'm, I'm talking Fair about enough. the guys you that. You got me. You, you talk about Marino, you talk about Peyton in recent memory, you talk about, and the greatest pocket passer is Tom Brady. Now that Patrick Mahomes is, is 
reinventing what the prototypical quarterback should be. And now it's not a white pocket pass. Now it's crazy that a white pocket passer is the greatest of all time because of what he's putting on tape, what you see every week, what you see from him, Mahomes, but, but, what you've but, seen. But just from, I don't mean to cut you off, Richard, but just for clarification, pocket passer because Shaq Harris was a big old pocket passer that played for the Los Angeles Rams, didn't get the real opportunity right. to be the guy he should have been because he was black. I covered him and knew him well, and, yeah. and he could throw that throw hell it. out of throw him. Throw it. Like, like all time. As on. he would say, I could hit a BB in the dark. Yes, <laughs> and, and was a, what would you say, sub-zero refrigerator? Yeah, so right. was Shaq. Yeah. He, Shaq he was, was huge. He was just huge, but and, he didn't move. And what yeah. I will say is, is quarterbacks back in the day used to get the butts kicked. They used yeah. to get the rules didn't did protect that. them. They used to get their faces kicked in, be yeah. out there concussed, still throwing the ball, true, doing true, all that. True. And Tom Brady played a little bit in that time, and then he was the reason the rules changed. Yeah. And 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 things he got a little softer for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And now, so I think there's always going to be that debate because I'm, I'm sure Marino and 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 Aikman and and Steve Young and Montana. No, are Young see, can move around. He could move. No, I'm saying they're going to say like. They're, these guys aren't are, are soft. This new generation yes. of quarterbacks, they can have it easier now. So, of course, they can do all this because they can't get hit. They can't get knocked to the ground. They can't even get okay, hit. That's what our man Terry Bradshaw always says because he played in the age when you it was open season on the quarterback. You tried to injure the quarterback right. you, you because to, the rules would allow it. To, to, to hit him and you, you be yeah. out there and quarterback concussed. And you're like, hey, you know, as a defense, it's a field day. You're not going to have concussed quarterbacks out there nowadays, for, for rightfully so. I'm not saying it was right back then, but that's the game they played. But Unless they get out the pocket like uh, Anthony Richardson, then yes, you're right. you know, concussed. But, but then you, but then you go, then the, 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 the neurological, the independent neurological guy is going to come out there and take you out of the football mm-hmm. game. You used to be able to stay in the game. Hey, hey, let's just take a knee real quick. Let's talk to you for a second. <laughs> you smell us all? Yeah, get back in there. Get back in there. We need your quarterback. And so I think the game has changed a little bit, Skip. Okay. Are you saying that the quarterback position isn't a football player position? It's not. It's not. That's not what I'm saying, Skip. I'm just. But that's kind of where you're getting to. Like it's a different position that doesn't really belong in the way you guys played football. No, it's, it's that particular quarterback is different than the other quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, so to speak like Lamar Jackson, so to speak, like a Mark Brunel was or Steve Young was, guys that had the ability to also use their legs. Tom Brady not using his legs. Only time he's using his legs is to be athletic within the pocket. You know what that means? Going from here to here. And that's about all. Okay. I'm going to defend him on that count because – I do believe he had some of the sweetest pocket feet I've ever seen. That's what I just because said. Because there's ballet dancing going on I in said. there to create a little From room, here a little right. To but here. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Okay, I got it. But don't underestimate that that ability that made him what he was. Put it this way. Yes. That ability that made him what he was is tremendous, Skip. Mm-hmm. But nobody was spying him. They didn't leave Never. Greenlaw in the middle no. or Derek Brooks in the middle saying. <laughs> Run. No, they didn't. No, that's not what they did. They dropped everybody for him. And it's not a bad thing. And I understand it makes it seem as though we're putting Tom Brady in the category with the kickers and the punters. We're not. We're not. And by the way, 
he did still get hit in his last That's two what, or three years. He, he, there, were, there was a game in Chicago where Khalil Mack just knocked. The, remember when he was doing the full, what? He, he got concussed yeah. is what happened because he took some shots. Five downs. Yeah, <laughs> five downs. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday night in Chicago. Go ahead. It, 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 I, I'm with you. I, I agree with what they're saying because it's changing now. Dak Prescott was 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 a bit of the change. Cam Newton was a bit of the change. Like there were guys that started this change and started this transition to show, hey, you can go to Super Bowls, Russell Wilson. You can go to Super Bowls with these kind of quarterbacks, Ka- Colin Kaepernick. It was a, it, it, those guys changed the way. And and, and I don't want to take away from the older guys because there's historic black quarterbacks that have done it at a really high level. Yeah. But it, in this day age where they changed what. The Rand- Randall Cunningham could Rand- move around. No question. Doug but, Williams couldn't move around. No, he could but not. But what they want the prototypical quarterback to look like has changed in the last decade because of these guys taking their well, teams to Super Bowls and showing you can win it this way as well. Well, it's, it's changed because the legs. Right. When you look at Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert can run around when he needs to. He can get out of harm's way in a heartbeat, even though he's 6'6 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Different than Flacco, right? Right. Deshaun Watson, different than some of the other guys that could still move around. Back in the day, guys just, they were just pocket passes. That was just the systems that they ran. Yeah. Even Aaron Rodgers, to a degree, could, could move around. I mean, four or five and, and could get, get up out of there when he needed to. He I could. think there's very few. I mean, Burrow, I think right now, is one of the only – Elite guys that is probably not really moving around like Although that at all. He, he can no, still he can still, a little bit. Yeah, he, yeah. Can, he can give you a little yeah. fake slide. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. He can give you one of them little fake slides and make you think he's sliding and then take off. So, look, is Brady unathletic? I would think Brady would tell you he's probably unathletic at the quarterback he, position. He used to make fun right? of Yes, himself, can he play you know? golf? Can he bowl? Can he swim? Can he do athletic things? I'm sure he can play basketball. Hand-eye yes. coordination. Things. Yeah, he can do all of those sort of things. he got drafted to play baseball, and it was the Montreal Expos at this point, and they liked him a lot. He's yeah. a left-handed hitting catcher who could hit for power, and I've seen him hit in, like, home run derbies. He's got a sweet left-handed yeah, stroke. Yeah, he's, he's a really okay. good athlete, yeah, that, but just not an athletic quarterback, yeah. that's all. Right. Okay, so is it fair to say it's almost like, I, as I just read, he, it's like he invented kind of his own game within your game where he's playing it on a different level of, I'm going to get rid of the ball fast. I remember Joey Bosa in that one playoff game just kept saying, why do you get rid of the ball? Give me, give me a half second more, and I'll get you. Right. Oh, I just this is what he did, and he's got little receivers running little option routes, and and then he went to Tampa and st- kept doing the same thing. Where right. you're getting rid of the ball, you're playing a game that that's your game that you can, you, you, you know, I I can sort of master this game within right. your game where you can't get to me, and the rules are going to protect me, so I'm not going to take that much abuse, and I'm just going to pick you to pieces. Right. I, I'm going to hit you where you aren't. Because I'll speed read you, and I'll find the most open well, it's really, guy. Corner. It's really all about it's really all about pre-snap reading and understanding. Yes, like I said about Brock Purdy, next year some of the things that Brock Purdy had seen in the Super Bowl it won't affect him next year. Like McDuffie, right. and like his McDuffie, face. it yeah. won't. And that's the same thing with Tom Brady. He's been yeah. doing the damn thing for twenty some years. And, and, and I'll say this: I'll say this of the pocket passers, he's the greatest of all time. Of yeah. guys that played it the way he, because because Drew Brees was very similar to that. Peyton was very similar to yeah. that. Like, they're they not moving. Peyton, no. Peyton definitely not moving. See, John Elway can move. Yeah, John can move. Especially early. He can, he can move. Really move. And he was a big dude, too. He wasn't yeah. small. No. But he was very athletic, though. 
because he could play baseball he, as well he, at the, and, highest, at the highest level. Yes. And he was athletic, right? With a, a, he could talk about an arm. My finger's still hurting. <laughs> really? From Pro Bowl or what? Pro yeah. Bowl. Yeah. Huh. I, it just. I can't imagine what conversation you had with him after he hurt your finger. Nothing. You nothing. nothing. Mm. Oh. Those, just, you know, playing catch. Those Denver receivers, he used to split the webbing yeah. between their fingers. You know, yeah. they'd bleed. Yeah. yeah.